I got Ty in the booth and I'm all right. Doing a podcast with Ty again. Don't have a plan, but we'll figure it out. Do 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 do. Where are you? <laughs> Hi Ty. Hi buddy. I'm just going straight into this. All right. How are we doing? We're good, man. We're uh, we're just recovering from St. Patty's Day. Yeah, you uh, more so than me. True. Um, and I hope everyone had a, a solid weekend. I, uh, see, I felt so annoyingly loved when I got back Friday. <laughs> I got back from Alaska Friday, like 9 o'clock at night. By the time I got found a vehicle, all my bags, it was like 9.15. <sighs> Everybody calling me going, you got to come out, man. Come see us. It's like 20 minutes out of the way. And then I ignored the first one, and then all of a sudden Tate calls me, and then Michael calls me, and then TJ texts me, and I'm like, oh, my God, you guys. And I showed up, and I was like, I feel so loved, but I want, I don't want to be right now. Like, Dude, like, I just want to go home. Suckered into coming over. And then I had the moment of realizing how dumb we look under the influence when, you, when I show up stone-cold sober, and you guys are 10 steps ahead of me. Yeah. Well, you were also DOT and you were dotting your way over. So yeah. you, you couldn't drink at all, which was great. I did not want to. No, but that was, uh, God, I don't <laughs> want to relive that night. dude. <laughs> when I saw your Instagram story, like two o'clock in the afternoon and it was still in your bed <laughs> I knew it was a rough day. Yeah, but it was the sweetest picture because my dog was sitting on my other dog. It was <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of life when we really look at it. It was so beautiful out too. I was. I was hating myself for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of beautiful, it's like full spring right now. Um, kind of changing the seasons. Last time we chatted, we chatted about the do's and don'ts of getting into snowmobiling. And mm-hmm. now we're hitting that point of the year here where it's dual sports season, dirt bikes and sleds. That is true. I am leaning probably a little bit more towards fully dirt biking. Um, I've now been out close to seven times already. About the entire time or the amount of time that I've been snowmobiling this year. And I happened to pack that into a week and a half of good weather. Solid. solid. I seem to find my motivation a little bit more on the. It's a little easier to get ready for. A lot easier. I uh, have a brand new dirt bike that's been sitting there still. (laughs) I haven't even thought about touching it. Zero hours, zero miles. I lie. I rode it up and down my driveway once. So it's got like 0.2 hours on it. Yeah. Something like that. But um, no, you're going to get full in the sled mentality again this weekend because it's Jackson Hole weekend. Dude, it's my first time ever going to Jackson. I've only heard short of amazing things about it. Yeah. I, I want to see some guys you're just... You're going to see some carnage, yeah. Tumbling <laughs> down the hill, and I want to see my buddy Jay at the top just winning. I want to see the, the vintage class. Have you, seen, have you been following that? No. So, Ski-Doo put this competition on, I guess. It's between Carl Cooster, Steve Martin, and Jay and Blaine, where they all bought revs, because the rev is 20 years old this year. Okay. And that qualifies for vintage. So, the vintage class is going to become, like, in the next five years, stacked. Like, once you hit where, like, a Pro-Arm K is vintage. Oh, damn. That's going to, like, totally change things. Yeah. And so, the rev now is vintage, so they bought, they, all three of them, Jay and Blaine are racing together on the same sled. Not at the same time. (laughs) 
they got tandem dude that's oh three revs and built eight mods and jay and blaine are shit talking because they think they'll be faster but carl and steve raced on blair morgan's snowcross team in that era and built nasty mods and they know those sleds inside and out so they got the mechanicing experience on it on how to build those sleds and make them work jay and blaine got the young dumb race mentality so it's a, they're going to do it Friday. It's going to be interesting to watch it play out. They so what do you think? Is it going to be the, the mod, like the better sled taking the cake, or is it going to be the young? I saw Martin's mod, and it's nasty. <laughs> it's got like Gen 4 spindles on it, like a Gen 4 seat, full Fox shocks, carbon fiber skid, 800 factory mod motor that I think, because his dad built all his race mods back oh, in the day shit. when he raced Pro Open. So, and then Cooster hasn't said or posted anything about it because he's, like, been in the shop late at night. And then Jay and Blaine, I know they were buying stuff at Heydays, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be I'll be super stoked to see that then because that'll be... Dude, honestly, I just want to watch Carnage when yeah. I go. Like, I love the racing, and I want to see the dudes at the top. Yeah. But I'm there to love the guys that made it halfway and... Yeah. So Thursday, Friday is half hill qualifying. Saturday, Sunday is the full hill. And uh, Saturday morning, actually either of the mornings is the time to, because it ices over overnight. But this year for the first time, it looks like some fresh snow. And I saw Saturday night's one degree. Oh. So it's going to like turn into a brick. <laughs> and it is nasty in the mornings until those ruts and the sun hits it. It is just Fully wicked, spinning, <laughs> hitting rev limiter, and going nowhere. So should I do the like gondola up and then trot down the ski run and watch? Yeah, it's a it's a plan of attack for me is it's a mix because the morning sometimes isn't that eventful. It's just takes a while to get ruts built in. And guys are like high marking mm-hmm. and turning out on purpose to not total the shit. But then in the afternoon, once it gets beaten in, it gets fast, and those guys start pushing for fast times. Then, so it gets you get bomb holes in there, and it's violent in the afternoon. Yeah, I've just seen like all the videos of the guys just hitting those walls. Yeah, there was talk that they were going to go race the original hill on Sunday, so they moved it last year for the first time in its existence to a run over, which was still pretty steep. But they had just made that run like the year before, so it was like stumps cut off at three feet <laughs> which that was an added element but then everybody there was i don't know i don't know if, what the official call is but they were talking about running the finals on the original hill which is way steeper at the top Ooh. so we'll see you think you're ever gonna do a hill climb race um i don't know i'd like to i just gotta you gotta dedicate a sled to it even for one you gotta cut the lugs down and put put uh screws in the track and Get the flap all set up, and yeah, you know, it's kind of a commit. You got to basically ride off a track, yeah, which are like a thousand bucks. Yeah, I can't even make a snowmobile go where I want it to, like let alone like where I have to make it go. Yeah, so I don't think you'll ever see me up there, but it'd be super sick. I'd come and cheer you on, buddy. Let's. I if I were doing it, would not be Jackson. I'll say <laughs> that. But there was talks of doing one here in our local area. There used to be one at Schweitzer. And they were talking about doing one at Lookout Pass, and I would have done that, but it got canned. But uh, no, you're going to enjoy it. My parents are in town right now for it. They've never seen the race, and my, my they've gone like out to eat twice now in Jackson and mentioned people are asking, what are you in town for? And every single person working is like, 
Uh, yeah, the race is like not thrilled because it's the one gal today. I talked to them this morning. They said they went out for breakfast, and the gal's like, "I'm from South Carolina, and this is the closest thing we get to NASCAR every year here." <laughs> it's ruthless. Oh my gosh! So Mama Jules and Pistol Pete are gonna be live and in person. Dang! If you guys want to meet my parents, they are gonna be, be on signing the autographs at the Five Hundred Nine trailer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, no, Jackson's a good time. I'm looking forward to it. And it's weird that it's going to snow for Jackson. It's usually 50 and sunny. Yeah. I I also hear there's like an elk refuge. Yeah. In town. One of the biggest in the U.S., I think. Yeah, I'm like really excited about it's that. right next to town. Have you ever been to town, Jackson? Even? No, I've never. Oh, man. I've only driven through Wyoming like once. And it was like a corner of it. Let me see here. I'm going to look up the numbers. on. There's got to be some stats on this. It's insane. It's huge. Like thousands and thousands ahead of elk, and they're usually right next to the road. Oh, I thought it's going to be heaven. Uh, you got stats on this thing? And I got to see the arch, too. There's four of them. I've seen so many pictures of this place. I feel like I've been there, but it'll be the first 7,500 elk. Jeez. Just Is it like a high fence enclosure? Or? Yeah. But it's huge. I don't know how many acres it is. You could go do tourists and be get the sleigh ride. You need sleigh rides out there. Well, we have to get the trailer in early, and then Thursday is kind of our free day. Which Phil, we'd normally go snowmobile, I guess, but Phil has a hurt rib right now, so we can't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm going to be full blown tourist. Do it. It's a fun town. Thursday's the day to do it before it gets total anarchy. <laughs> Is it kind of like, for any of you guys that have been to like a Supercross in like certain areas, like for instance, like Seattle Supercross, where it's like all of a sudden you see all of these people that are like, should never ever be in Seattle Mm -hmm. and they're there and it's like the best time to be in Seattle for someone like myself. Yeah. Is that kind of what Jackson turns into? Yeah. I mean, the saying for Jackson right now is the billionaires are pushing out the millionaires. So it's turned into like Hollywood of, of the Rockies and (laughs) Then these misfit sledders come in. There's money in their pocket and, and booze in the bars and are there to watch some racing. And, yeah, it, the whole town gets turned upside down for four days. It's chaos. But Man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, if you guys are going uh, Friday night, oh, God, I hope I'm right. Maybe Saturday night. Freestyle show at the fairgrounds. Oh, sick. Yeah, Turcott rides it, and like Shad Simmons rides it, Willie Elam. They've been doing it forever. Some of like, like Sledneck's like five and six were filmed at that fairgrounds during the freestyle show Jackson. Like Dang. a lot of history there. Well, yeah, and also come by the 509 rig, say hi to me, mm-hmm. Bill, whoever else we got hanging out. You might come visit. You should. Ross and I were talking about doing a podcast in there Saturday morning, but weather dependent. If it's 25 and snowing sideways, we might take a rain check on that one. <laughs> you know, that's a fair choice. I still say you do it at, you know, 25. It'd be kind of funny. We're just sitting there in pit coats and like you hear wind whipping by the mics. You both have helmets and goggles on. We are so committed to this. <laughs> I'd watch that for the pure comedy. <laughs> The easy up tent blows away on us, <laughs> exposed to the elements. What are we going to have in the booth? Some stuff for sale? You want to get a sales pitch here, Ty? 
Uh, yeah, well, so we have the whole trailer set up for off-road season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So for the sledders coming. But I know how many of you probably dual sport it. So if you want to come check out our new S23 509 off-road gear. Yeah, sunglasses. Do you got sunglasses? Yep. Okay, that's a hit every year. If you guys need shades, you forget them, and you're staring at that mountain squinting all day long, it's 509 booth. We got sunglasses. Yep, 50 bucks. All of them are polarized. Yeah. Not a big deal. Good deal with polarized. And there's like a lifetime warranty on them, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, be dumb not to buy them. I agree. Yeah, yeah, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Come and buy some things. Sunglasses. Go buy your $150 Ray-Bans. We sit on them anyways and we break them. <laughs> Lifetime warranty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to go dirt biking, man. I'm getting the itch. I just, I got some shoulder issues going on and I got to tend what's, to that What's first. going on with your shoulder? I was in Alaska last week. Pulled to do like a re-entry turnaround, like not dicking around, just like turning around. Slipped out. It slipped before. Bailed. Tried to tuck and roll so it wouldn't land because I couldn't catch myself because it was out. Couldn't tuck fast enough because I wasn't high enough off the ground to get the full roll. Land on the shoulder. Forced it back in on impact. Had to ride two more days like that. Taped it all up, everything. Then just went in today and got it x-rayed and bones are good. Thank God. Everything's good there. With the And then after a series of 20 minutes of... This guy pushing my arm and spinning it and moving me all over the place. Final conclusion, without doing MRI, is a pinched and stretched labrum. And then a bone contusion, bone bruising from when it slammed back into the joint. So it's a little tender right now. Feels a little loose. I think because that muscle's a little stretched out. But he said, go do a month of PT. Gave me a guy to go check out. Gonna go check that guy out. <laughs> <laughs> gave me a guy for, for PT and uh, yeah, basically said, continue doing what you must if you have to. In other words, snowmobiling and riding dirt bikes, but tape it and shoulder brace it and ibuprofen and hope for the best. Well, circle back in a month and we'll good. see where it's at. That's great news because our riding crew is like, it's not dwindling. <laughs> However, one of our, our core group members, so we always do like, all summer long, depending on the night. Is it Tuesday night or Wednesday nights? It's Tuesday know. nights. I play golf on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so Tuesday nights. Sometimes Thursdays also. And Thursdays. Also sometimes Fridays. And then maybe Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but we all meet out after work. Usually it'll get dark. We'll ride till 10. Yeah. It's a thing. Headlamps on. Yeah. It's a great old time. We're all just in creek bottoms and holes having an amazing time. But one of our core dudes ended up pulling his or like, tore, tore it completely off his bicep muscle completely off the tendon, trying to lift a pool table. <laughs> Dude, did you see the photos of it? No, and I'm glad I uh, did. It looked like uh, when an accordion is all pushed back together, <laughs> like it just shot all the way up in there. And yeah, so he's out for the whole year. Yeah, and then shout I'm, out to TJ. And I was right on the bubble, still am. You're it's in. Just, just you and Tate and Travis. Yep. Three musketeers. <laughs> I mean, they, they could hold a group together. They're they're solid riders and solid dudes. <laughs> but it's always good to a have, have a big group. Yeah. A big group of equal riders. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed because it's, it's a bummer. I was talking to my marketing team about it. I'm like, it's, 
the reality of what we do. It's not an if, it's a when. I've done I've done lots of injuries over the years that have been minor where you can power through and minor fractures here, ribs dislocated and, you know, little things, <laughs> ankles blown out and stuff like that, hand injuries from going over handlebars. but Wrist injuries. Yeah, eventually there's, there's like I said, not if, but when you're going to do something that it's going to lay you up for a little bit and especially for us internally here, I'm trying to figure out how to overcome that and carry on with business as usual and for the consumer and fan base to like seamlessly carry on when you got a guy down, it's, yeah. it's everything. Same with our athletes, whatever. And like Nadine had reconstructed like knee surgery a couple of years ago, put her out for the season and everything just kind of has to go on pause, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I know, I'd be interested to hear the comments about this, if they'd be down to see it or what, but I know at least we've been talking about doing like a longer, not as strenuous ride, but yeah. just a long ride. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that would make it feel better. It wouldn't make it feel better, but it wouldn't hurt as bad. Doing as a 500 is. mile dirt bike ride, you're saying, would that make my shoulder feel better? Yeah, exactly. For like in five days, 100 miles a day, mm-hmm. single track. Yeah. I can't say that. Instead of five days of hard enduro. Okay. I think to make it feel better is you kick me in the shin in the parking lot really hard mm-hmm. right before, like maybe a little blood. So then I'm just thinking about my shin and the arms are good and I'm operational. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. Cause I could just like keep doing it the entire ride so, yeah, too. Every yeah. time we stop. So it starts to bruise it's a new up. Pain, it's tender. Yeah. Not even just the shin. Yeah. It's like shin arm. Not, no, not your arm. No, no, not your arm. So shin, Face. I can, shin, the ankle still works to, to it can use break or, or shift. <laughs> And then just bring an airsoft gun and just like my focus goes <laughs> off the shoulder. All right, we're on to something here because that's what happened. Like my hand is like either fractured or something from a couple of weeks ago and the hand feels great now that all the pain went to the shoulder. <laughs> I noticed that when I had to ride, I'm like, oh, dude, hand feels mint. Don't even notice it now. <laughs> so now we just need one more thing to take away from this shoulder. I know all you guys see is David doing these amazing things. Oh, now you get shot. to see this how about me. this, this is, is how you get broken. to see him in shambles because what he's doing is actually pretty dang challenging and has to do days on days on days while he's hurt. I think sleep deprivation plays into the injuries a lot, to be honest. That, that's yeah, that's a big one. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I don't know, next month, get out and I, I'd go for like a fire road cruise in the bike and see how things feel. I got a perfect trail that I think you'd love. For your shoulder. Pack saddle? No. It's one at Canfield. Our local. The local ro- riding hole. The road to the top? <laughs> I can do that. No, it's like it involves a creek, but it's a pretty mild one. I think you'd be good. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I, I got to ride next Monday, Tuesday on sleds, and that'll be kind of the test. That'll be good. Well, hopefully everything's good this year, because yeah. we also had plans to race. Silver Mountain. Silver Mountain. Yeah, that's where I go on anything. No matter who you are with injury, it's like you start thinking of if I got to do surgery on this, it's going to take me out of this this year. That sucks. And so let's try to pound through it. But then you're like, I'm going to do the same stuff next year. So it's like you could just keep ignoring it because you want to do all these fun things. Or you just finally go, okay, I'm going to miss one year of it. Yeah. But I know it's like, oh, I got all these plans. But like, gonna do the same things the year after it's not like it's a once in a lifetime opportunity type of plan i know i know but it's kind of the nature of us 
like our personality types, yeah. we live in such a moment that kicks it's, in. you know, you only are looking at the next few races or next few months of like, yeah, you know, good. Obviously we plan and we're upstanding people, but <laughs> just for sake of our hobbies, we yeah. look at this season. Or, uh, speaking of hobbies, Ty, we haven't been able to talk about this cause it wasn't out yet. The new moto gear came out mm-hmm. new pant finally. Yeah. I know you got to play a pretty decent role in a little testing on that thing. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm uh I'm thrilled. But it's been so I now have like maybe ten rides on like the production pant. So I was in like a sample, like a first, you know, I guess a first iteration sample. Um so you kind of got the materials down, but the cut isn't completely right. where it's gonna be. Uh but the new one is like I mean, race five, it's called, right? Yep. Race yeah. five. Um, as far as like room in the knee brace for me, at least in my size, they're perfect. They're nice, still like athletic fit around yeah. the thighs. And then, you know, a really comfortable waist too. Way uh, more venti and stretchable. Too. Oh yeah. 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 <clears throat> like on a lot of this, like, I mean, cause right now I'm still riding when it's, you know, maybe 40 degrees out. Um, so like I'm wearing like compression pants, yeah. under them you know obviously those are going to go away when it's 100 degrees out but right. it's still really nice to be able to have that be comfortable under the pant you know not where you're trying to like stuff a bunch of stuff in there to yeah make it warm but i liked the new um waist adjustment in general the new buckle system oh yeah it used to just be was it just a snap and a piece of velcro on the old pant yeah now it's full kind of best way to describe it felt you've physically seen it like a snowboard binding almost. Yeah, a dual closure. So you have like kind of a protection piece of Velcro with a loop just to make sure. Because if anything, I mean, we've all seen it. It doesn't matter how perfectly something's put together. You smack it on something really weird. Yeah. It's plastic. It breaks while you're 20 miles out. Um, so we have that as like kind of a security piece and then the actual ratcheting system on the waist to get the full closure and then the right fit. And it's money. So if you go on the site and you're trying to figure it out, you'll notice if you've been wearing the moto gear in the past, just to clarify. So the old transition Jersey is now called the race five Jersey. It's the same Jersey as before, obviously new colorways, but tech wise fit. It's the same. So the new pants, the race five pant. So that comes together as a kit now that jersey that was kind of ahead of its time with the old pant is the same jersey name changed to race five race five pant the old ridge line that we've had since we started moto is now the ride five so if you see ride five on there and you go oh is that all brand new no it's the same ridge pant and ridge jersey just of a name change so it's a pretty simple easy name race five ride five race five is going to be a lot more tech orientated um you know race uh proven race driven all of that and then ride five is going to be a little more like i'd say kind of weekend warrior yeah dual sport definitely a little tougher material i'd say just a very more abrasion resistant but not as breathable um a little lower price point also but durable there isn't as much stretch which also contributes to you know price point and it just being a much more simpler pant. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the race side is full stretch, athletic ergonomics, yeah. things dialed for, you know, long, hard racing or 
you know, fast racing on the track. Yeah. They're both great options. I'm just super stoked on the new one. If you ride anywhere that's super warm too, the summer months, like it gets northwards of a hundred here and I've been hot in the old gear. When you get to those temps and now having some awesome breathability, it's going to be a game changer. For sure. And I think they, they did a really good job offering some colors that will fit with a lot of different brands. Like I've seen the, it's called a sci-fi coral. It's like a white with a coral and then kind of like a mint hit on it. Yeah. And it looks awesome on the Cowie. It looks awesome on KTM. So yeah. it's, I think it's a pretty versatile set of colorways. And then we have kind of a limited release colorway coming too for 509 day, which will be yeah. awesome. It's tough doing colors because you either got to do OEM colors or something so different that it works with any bike. Yep. And that was kind of the goal there, like that sci-fi coral. Um, yeah, like it, it doesn't totally clash and it doesn't totally go perfectly with any bike. It works no matter what color your plastics are. Exactly. Yeah, I think they did that one pretty pretty dang well. Our guy Dino over in design, he's the the guy that does all of our... Dino from Reno. Dino from Reno, who does all the, the off-road gear. He knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. So I'm going to switch gears here, talk a little bit about something because it's it was controversial this last weekend when Hayden Deegan blocked past his <laughs> his uh teammate on star racing Yamaha so we're switching gears to supercross motorcycle we're gonna stick on the motorcycle topic what are your thoughts on dudes actually racing their teammate hard during those races whether it's their teammate whether it's whoever but like seeing a little block pass and yeah. little rubbins racing. I, th- I th- think it's fine, right? You're all still out there with mentality of win. I think the media side of it, even the fans got so caught up in it because it's Hayden's first year and he's this young kid who's racing pro that every eye is on him and trying to find something to judge him on that they, it was a bit aggressive for sure. I mean, there was some zig and zagging for like four corners straight there and like T-boning back and forth. But also his teammate was dishing it right back to him. He didn't like pump the brakes and let him go by. Like he was like, no, I'm going to hold down this. What was it for their third or something? Uh, second. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I can see both sides of it, but I think he just wants the experience. And if he, if he's going to kind of antagonize somebody he might as well be your teammate it's <laughs> like you can settle that beef in the trailer rather than you line up for the main and this guy's pissed off and went back to his trailer and talked to his team and they agreed that you're going to take him out in this corner but your yeah. teammate you can hatch it out a little better i'd imagine yeah i mean and i think too like i'm gonna be a little i guess i'll be a little biased because I'm, I'm kind of a deegan fan but watching it it was like from the years of racing that i've done I don't think his block pass was a takeout block pass. It was a, I'm here, like, you are you have to back off, but you're not going down because you yeah. just center punched him. Yeah. And I don't think it was that bad. But then when you watch him come in at the swing arm, and it's just like there's only one way that either Deegan goes down or yeah. Smith you, goes down. Or they both do. Or they both do. Yeah. So it was like kind of a an immature move on Jordan's part for uh, – Yeah. And what's with how it all started, like also with Hayden, it could just be experience. Like he might have not even, he was riding his heart out and just could have cross run it up a little or ended up in a line he wasn't intending, you know, and 
kind of just let whatever happened happen. Yeah. I mean, he's only been out there with those guys for how many races now? Five, like six. Five or six, yeah. yeah. So experience comes into play. My favorite part was the press conference with the Lawrence, with Hunter Lawrence. <laughs> that made that was that was so worth it. Hunter made some sort of no, they the guy whoever was asking questions just cornered Hayden, asked him about that move on his own teammate. And Hayden just responded with he's like, you know, it's racing's racing, I wanna win. You know, Robin's racing. I think we're cool, we're teammates, we talked about it. And then Hunter butted in and was like He's like, you guys wanted, you guys say the 90s and early 2000s were the best era of racing. Everybody was slamming into each other. And then the second we do that, you attack everybody saying it was a cheap shot move. He's like, we have a millisecond out there to make decisions. <laughs> what was it? You guys have 30 days to pay your phone bills and you still can't do that on time. <laughs> it was an absolutely Mic drop. savage comment by, by Hunter Lawrence. But I thought like, dude, honestly, like, for any, if there's any hockey guys out there, they also talk about that. Every time there's a fight in hockey, there you blow up about it, shouldn't do it. But in a way, it's like for some of the guys that don't have raw speed but yeah. are insanely hard to pass or are willing to dish it out so some faster riders play it safer around other racers, like it's something in their quiver. It's what right. they're able to do. Now, if you're a 17-year-old kid and you can also dish it out yeah. and you're fast, it's like... I would say that's just well-rounded racing. Yeah, level I, playing field. Yeah, I dug it. I was yeah. I was all for it. Off the couch. Yeah. I was cheering. The heartbreak of the night, though, was Plessinger. Oh. In the last lap, like, corners before the finish line. Wadding it up. Cross. No, he said he stood up in that corner. He hadn't stood up in it all night, and his leg caught. Yeah, he was seat bouncing it all night, and then he finally stood up and hit it dragged his foot would have been his first pro win ever and yeah damn that was hard to watch i fell for him oh man i think i think he's won on 250 i don't think he's won at all on 450 yeah but oh it's hard not to love that guy i'm like trying to channel my inner one i got a little mullet going here. <laughs> and oh man it's hard to not root for that guy yeah. like i don't i don't pick him in fantasy i don't do right. any of that stuff but like he's out there in front of some of my favorite guys and you're just like He's so humble. He's like one of the just stays out of the spotlight for anything, any form of negativity. Yeah. And then that happens. I dug in. I didn't realize. I mean, he's got like a big family. He's got three kids. Yeah. Yeah. And he's out there every single weekend. And you know, he used to race GNCC. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Like he came in from that to race moto, which I thought was absolutely wicked. Because I think he was the one that convinced Webb last summer or two summers ago to go out and try it. It was, uh, Cody Webb ended up racing a GNCC. Cody Webb, but there was another. Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name right now. He rode for a rock star Husky. In Supercross or GNCC? Supercross. And then he went and did GNCC for Zach Osborne. Oh, uh, yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. But yeah, Zach Osborne went out and did a couple of those. I don't know how he placed, but I'm yeah. sure it was probably pretty good. Remember Webb got second, and the guy that beat him was like, on cloud nine, he's like, dude, I got to say I beat Cooper Webb in a pro in a pro race. <laughs> he's like, never again in my life will I get to say that. But I'm gonna live this up, dude. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good and interesting. I'm just like I'm all on board right now for just all of the racing. Like I was diving into like some of the West series, so like the more international side of hard enduro. Mm-hmm. So 
just watching all of that and then looking at the U.S. Hard Enduro Series. Yeah. I'm a pump that we're a part of more of it this year. And, dude, it's going to be some good riding. I, I mean, I've paid attention to it a decent amount over the last five years, but I feel like after last year, it's gained more traction than it ever has. I, the yeah. guys at Sky Pixels Media who did the recap videos on the U.S. Such Hard Enduro page, job. I think that helped a ton. Yeah. Finally give the sport a bit of a spotlight in, in, in detail too, like full race recaps, point standings, who finished what and what class, following the top guys around. Mm-hmm. That made it a bit more obtainable because it's not like you're never going to live stream on a Peacock Light Network or something, a, a U.S. Hard Enduro. The logistics of that, it's such remote areas and getting camera crews out there. Oh, yeah. So having guys like Sky Pixels doing those U.S. Hard Enduro recaps are so beneficial and like you need it in that sport yeah and i almost think that that's probably the best way to watch it yeah because like if you're watching the live stuff it's just really hard to watch like a five-hour race yeah so when they boil it down into like 40 minutes of just awesome editing and the only like kind of the main bits and they also throw in some amateur riding yeah. that i love every time those guys are just hucking bikes but you Carnage. can tell they're having the absolute best time. Like Erzberg, they live stream that, but that's because like 50 plus percent of it's in a gravel pit so they can get camera crews out and about. And yeah. and that race has been going on for so long yeah. at this point. There's I mean, a, back before really people cared. There's a bit more money in that race, probably more than the whole U.S. Hard Enduro Series combined. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that whole West Series too has, you know, like your Erzbergs, Hicksbanias, um, all of those. They just, they have the Red Bull backing. Yeah. So you get that Red Bull Media House on it, and then it's, of course, you know, just awesome work. So it was really cool to see something like that for the U.S. side. Yeah, I'd love to go to Erzberg as just tourist mode. I know. It's a backpack, snacks, a couple beers, and just <laughs> on foot and just go watch the race. Dude, I would love that, especially, like, yeah, just hike out remote. Yeah. And, oh, man. I guess be- the town's pretty awesome, too, that's right there. Yeah, and then I also hear that they, like, I mean, they run a pretty awesome show, like, for the full week. Yeah. Or, like, beer gardens and... Music at night. Yeah, and, all yeah. of that stuff. Like, they make it a spectator kind of focused yeah. event as much as it is a insane riders event. Right. Put it on our list. We should go. Vacation. Take the ladies. They can go on a canal tour or something in the day. Just kidding. Hannah would want to go to the race. She'd be pissed. Send her off on a boat. <laughs> Dude, and so my girl, she's loved watching, like, we went to a few hard enduro races, like Jacob's Ranch, which ran, like, two years ago or something like that. That was her first, like, look at it. Yeah. And just the first time, like, all of a sudden there's a bike that's, like, five, ten feet in the air. No rider on it. The guy's at the bottom of the creek yeah. just like, wow. I think that's the thing. You don't have to understand anything about racing to go there and have a good time. Like, there's just everywhere you look, yeah. chaos unfolding. Well, and she was heckling the shit out of people. <laughs> you can't make that. <laughs> just like, and I'm sitting here you as a racer. should mic her up. Would, mic yeah. her up and give her a GoPro. <laughs> give her the GoPro like the train guy. The 360 GoPro that's mounted on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> just the running to the spot yeah. you can't go up there dude that'd be hilarious actually you can't park there we should do that that i would i would watch that it'd be like watching like the the little kid 
you know, play soccer that's mic'd up. Or give her a tiny mic <laughs> and like run around at the bottom of like a creek where people are all bottlenecked and like, how's your race experience been so far? <laughs> It'd be better if it was just like completely oddball questions. What'd you have for dinner last night? Oh, dude, I should do tiny mic series at Hard Enduro. You should. Like, who cares what the race is? No it's just racing questions. Me running around the woods <laughs> at, looking for bottlenecks and interviewing people really quickly. Come up with a sheet of just ridiculous questions. This episode on the Bottleneck Show. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Bottlenecked. I'm your host, Dave McKinney, <laughs> co-host Ty Hennessy. Today, we're going to go ask <laughs> the most off-the-wall question you could ever imagine in a high-stress race environment. I'm so for that. Dude, that's that's write it that down. We're doing question that. one. Spencer Wilton, two percent or whole milk? <laughs> Coconut milk. Weird. <laughs> Not an option. Oh, dude, that man. would be actually really funny. Dude, it would have. It would be. It'd be money. People would watch. I couldn't that. do that as the only video for an event because people would be like, "So no, how'd your riders do?" Segment, small segment. Yeah, but you gotta like commit a whole day to doing that. I know. Yeah. Maybe I could do it at like a smaller one, like Jay Cods or something like that. Not a U.S. Hard and Daryl. Yeah. I'm for, or like the Muddy Butt. Yeah, but I'm going to race that. Maybe. If you, yeah, that's the thing. You race it and then get off in the bottlenecks and interview everybody. <laughs> oh, I got the setup with me on the bike. <laughs> it's just a tiny mic. It's a You can make it like a an MX grip. Uh, sir, I see in the race. Yeah, don't really care. <laughs> Already, oh, I think it's your turn. <laughs> already accepted. I'm not winning. We might be on to something here. We, yeah, we let us know that. what you guys want to listen to. Something like that. Yeah, I can picture it now. It could just be pure comedy. Yeah, sick. Five or nine bottleneck. Well, Ty, I'm going to make this a short one. We got a lot to do in the next 24 hours here. Um, do you go to Jackson tomorrow? Yeah, leave at nine. Okay. Yeah, we pass each other back and forth a few times. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to see some race semis coming the opposite way for Seattle. Mm, yeah, we tend to do that this time of the year. We almost hit them every single year. Um, yeah, I'm leaving between like 7 and 8, so you so guys will awesome. be doing more fuel stops than me hauling that trailer. Yeah, well, we'll be in the new one, the new truck. Oh, yeah, the Laramie. Yeah. yeah heated seats. In that addition. Good, good sound system. Moving up in the world. Yeah, we're we're extremely pumped. We got... Well, we got a new truck and trailer, uh, but we'll be taking the new truck. The new trailer is getting fully built out right now, so yeah. we won't be taking that, but you'll see that at any of the future events. What do you think the debut is going to be for the trailer? It'll be hard to say. What's the next moto event after this? Maybe the Desert 100? Ooh, yeah, that is probably... Because Phil said it was like super close where he almost took it for Jackson. Yeah, like, like it's, it's, like it's week, there. Within the next week, it'll be done. But then I also think on the Desert 100 is double booked with it's either a PRO series over in Western Washington or or not Eastern Washington, sorry, or Central Eastern, and then the Donner's Hard Enduro is coming up too. Oh yeah, that's June. Yeah, so maybe that's yeah, not, not. I think we're good there. Quite yet. Either way, um, if you guys are coming to Jackson, we'll be on Vendor Row. Uh, Ty will be there. Phil will be there. Both of them have been on this podcast. Uh, we'll have all kinds of guys there. Ross Robinson will be there. Jay Manaberry, Blaine Matthews, Brett Turcott. Um, gosh, I don't know who else. I mean, just everybody. If you guys 
follow the sled industry, there'll be tons of those guys there, like Tony Jenkins, Carl Cooster, um, Keith Curtis, uh, Colby Crapo. Like, it's kind of the place to see all of the athletes from the West uh, come together and hang out in a pretty casual setting if they're not racing. So I urge you guys to go if you got the time. Racing starts Thursday, Friday. Um, Friday's the vintage race, the big showdown. Money. Um, Thursday, Friday are half hills. I think there might be one thing on Friday where they do the top of the hill. I can't remember what it is. Maybe the vintage race. And then Saturday and Sunday are the full hill, the big dogs, the open mods, the nine mods, the improvers, all of that stuff, and uh, the best in the world getting after it. So hope to see you guys there. Swing by. I'll be somewhere rogue with a camera on the move. But, uh, yeah. I'll be firmly planted at the trailer. There you go. You know where to find time. And talent. I'll also, more importantly, I'll be bringing the Blackstone. And if you're real nice to me, I might make you a burger. Oh, you're going to be grilling. Yeah. Dude, good call. Because it's like getting lunch there is a pain. I know. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I'm and I'm watching my figure right now. So How many patties are you bringing? <sighs> All of them. Okay, cool. All right. So lunch at 509. <laughs> BYOB, bring your own burger. <laughs> Tile grill it up. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for listening. Um, if you're on Spotify and Apple, as always, appreciate the five-star reviews. YouTube, leave us a comment. Uh, we got, we're going to be wrapping up the YouTube episodes here middle of April. We got three or four more coming out. We're doing weekly again. So, uh, yeah, a lot of rad sledding content to wrap up the season and then switch gears for summer. So, thanks for sitting down time. And we're, Love you. We're going Bye. to Jackson. <laughs> Jackson bound. <laughs>